When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, just want to let you know this is a clip from my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash crimson60620. Check it out. If you want to see some of my other videos, if you want to see some of my art as I'm doing it, or if you want to actually just get more of me, thank you. So, hi guys, how you doing? I'm back. And before we get into the video, I do want to say, if you're watching the stream, please hit that like button, hit that follow, and um, hit that subscribe, whatever. Um, and um, also, if you want to have, help out with the stream, my links are in the description to actually help out with the stream. What would actually help out with the stream would be you actually subscribing to my YouTube channel and following me on my Twitch and catching my episodes when I go live and hit that notification. All right, so... Now that we got that way out the way, let's go into this video. Now, what is interesting, I was watching this video and it came up in my recommendations. Um, and this isn't a video of where I, I want to actually address this video, not so much as a takedown video, but more of a critique. And even though I'm not completely for what Chris um, this is a video talking about Chris Hedge. And um, even though I'm not fully with his policies, because I believe he's more of a right-wing person, I still want to actually address his video because I watched it and I feel like I had some commentary for it. So let's go ahead and look at that video. Let's go. death, uh, the struggle with our own mortality, the search for a life of meaning, love, the capacity for transformation. Those forces are ones that make us stop and become introspective and think and and look within ourselves to see who we are and where we're going. And that Now, okay, so this is what I mean by like the moralizing. Eh, just like, oh my gosh, you're going to die one day and then you have to think about it. Like, yeah, I get it. That would drive some people. But what about living? But let, let's go, let's go. That's what any totalitarian state seeks to crush. And yet, we kind of blissfully have checked out. Now, this is, I don't know if this is from a longer video, but this is um, America Psychosis on the U.S. empire of narcissism and psychopathy. Um. And you guys will see why I decided to try to go into this direction with actually looking into the video. But let's go. Most people have no concept of how fragile their environment is. I think you have to have, as I have done, live in societies that collapse to realize how quickly they go down and how fragile they are. And so there's a kind of emotional incapacity to understand collapse, even when it's facing you. Now, this is actually pretty, pretty telling. Everybody thinks times are good until they're not. And that that's generally how a lot of things go. Not saying be all doomer and shit about it, but 
everybody thinks that times are good until they're not. But let's continue. I spent 20 years outside the United States, and I had covered as a foreign correspondent totalitarian cultures, everything from the East German Stasi state to Slobodan Milosevic's Serbia. So I know how totalitarian systems work. I know the kind of dark emotions they evoke. I know the mechanisms they use to shut down dissent. And when I came back, it was utterly apparent that the country had gone collectively insane. Now, okay, okay, okay. Again, this is a little bit hyperbolic. Now, I admit, especially now after the age of Trump, um, what's going on with the, um, what's going on with, like, especially with some of the Republicans are trying to do, trying to get that totalitarian power, try to rip, rip, uh, whip people up in a frenzy. Yeah, of course, you actually have that, but yeah, he's been a little hyperbolic, but let's go. In a very frightening way. Not only their misunderstanding of the wider world, something as a foreign correspondent I was very cognizant of, but their misunderstanding of who they were and where they were going. I swear, if this video didn't have as many positive, the nature this video of the illusion would only be about is that it's designed, uh, at least at the moment, to make you feel good about yourself, about your country, about where you're going. In that sense, it functions like a drug. Those who question that illusion are challenged not so much for the veracity of what they say, but for puncturing those feelings. Okay, now this is actually interesting. So this actually harkens back to what you'd actually see from manufacturing consent. What Noam Chosky actually says, what you you see is you see a culture that's trying to get to get you to consent and say everything is okay, um, and when you challenge that, and whatever way that you choose to challenge it, if you see it with, say like, um, people who, in good and bad ways. So for example, you see it, people like, oh yeah, the deep state, they're trying to do this, they're trying to do that, which is bullshit. Like the CIA, unfortunately, doesn't have to hide much. They do the shit out in the open and they just say, oh no, we didn't. And then most people turn their heads. So like, that's something that, that definitely is something. Um, but you also see it in other ways. For instance, those of us who are non-believers, you get that, and you get those people that are so hell bent on saying, "No, you have to believe. You have to believe," because it seems as if you're 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 questioning their worldview. And of course, you get like those people that's like, "No, you you believe, but you just pretending like you don't." And that's that's one of those things. You know, you see all these other things. You see all this other, you know, different punctures in that whole. Well, no. America is a meritocracy. No, it's not. It's depending on where you live and who your parents are. No, no, I did it all myself. Bullshit. Uh, oh, there is no more racism. The fuck? But yeah, like these are some of the things that you see people get upset about because it seems if you're 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 puncturing that that world of where things are supposed to be. But let's continue attempt to get up and question where we're going and who we are. And the critique will be that you're such a pessimist, that you're such a cynic, that you're not an optimist. Optimism becomes a kind of disease. It's what created the financial meltdown, where you have this kind of cheerful optimism in the face of utter catastrophe, and you plow forward based on an optimism that is no longer rooted in reality. 
So uh, again, this is one of the reasons why I want to actually make this video, address this video, because it is true. How many times uh, do you see people from Generation X, people from Generation uh, from the Boomer Generation that says, "No, these kids don't need their student loans reversed. No, it's okay. You should get get by in this job." And it's just like, dude, no, that you expect that you expect the American dream to be there for you when it's not. You expect that we should be cool with like the the situation on the ground has actually changed, and with. What, what Chris is actually addressing is like in some way when you're a, when you're trying to push back of what people perceive to be the status quo you're seen as a pessimist you're seeing it oh why are you trying to joy kill oh why don't you just go along with the ride but let's continue if hope becomes something that you express through illusion, then it's not hope, it's fantasy. That's true, but let's go. The cult of the self is, in biblical terms, a form of idolatry. Everything is about you. Whether it's the worship of power or money, it all goes back to the self. It all goes back to creating little monuments to yourself. All investment into a particular goal of self-aggrandizement. Now, I will say this. This is what this is kind of one of the points that I actually disagree with it with Chris on. When you actually look at it, a lot of religions, especially the Abrahamic um, Abrahamic religions, they are nothing but self-aggrandizement. They are nothing but ooh, the God of the Bible actually the the, the God who created the universe actually loves me so much that he has a plan or he's sovereign and he cares about me and what i do whether it's good or bad and like no like especially the abrahamic religions they are so self-absorbed and like yeah yeah no they they are so self-absorbing like i to say they're not yeah no but let's continue is a kind of pathetic attempt at self-exaltation in a kind of maybe even subconscious way at immortality. We have replicated the patterns that past civilizations in collapse underwent. An elite that is no longer connected with the real, that retreats into their bubbles like the Forbidden City or Versailles and yet has total economic and political power, the crumbling of infrastructure, civilizations always decay, their cities go first, we've already done that, the retreat into illusion, uh, the danger is that this time when we go down, the whole planet's going to go with us. And see, this is one of the reasons why, yes, we are causing a big issue with climate change. Um, and this is some of that whole end of history type shit that you actually saw in the late 90s, uh, late 80s, early 90s of like, oh my God, this is like, no. The world will keep spinning without us. There have been four great extinctions during the time that this Earth has been circling around this particular star. And when we go, the Earth is going to keep going on. I'm just saying. But if we want a future for our children and grandchildren, of course, we need to do something about it. But I say that just to say that... um I recognize the alarmism, which is actually justified, but 
it's still kind of going to the self-aggrandizement, the self, the overly self-important, but let's go. The corporate state has made a war against critical thinking, and in particular the humanities, because the humanities at their best are about teaching people how to think rather than what to think. Um, they're about teaching people to challenge assumptions and structures. The discipline of the humanities is subversive. It's meant to be subversive. All right, and this is actually a pretty cool point. Even though he's in journalism, even though he's a mainstream journalist, this is actually pretty cool. Because right now, you don't have a lot of corporations. Even, like, if we go to, like, the channels like Disney, and even though they have come up with some great creative things, a lot of the Disney stuff is... You can't stray away from a specific formula. Yeah, you can actually push it in... It's, it's an example, you can push certain boundaries, but it's an example of the fact that, let's be honest, most corporations are pushing the cult of you, what actually makes you feel good. And you see it with what comes out with a lot of these stories. I don't like um, The Last Jedi, so we're going to change it. We're going to change a lot of shit for Rise of Skywalker. I don't like this. It doesn't play to this. You don't play to the big fans. Like... You're missing out on so much creativity in order to appease not your fans particularly, but, you know, trying to make the red line go up, trying to make um, line go up, trying to try to make it seem like you have people are seeing things instead of actually enjoying things. And yes, just because things are popular doesn't mean that people are actually enjoy it. It means that a lot of people are watching it on mass. And then, of course, you fall into the at popular fantasy. Or since a lot of people watch it, then it must be good. It's a discussion I've been having with a couple of people about popular shows. But let, let's let's get back to the video. The other thing that the failure to think critically does is it creates a very frightening historical amnesia. So you don't know how you got here. You don't know where you came from. And again, that is something that popular culture, let's call it totalitarian capitalism, seeks to put in place so that people interpret their problems as personal problems rather than political or social problems. So I, I okay, so this is what I have an issue with. Stop trying to say, what, corporate capitalism, totalitarian capitalism. No, it's just fucking capitalism. That's what it is. It's just capitalism. It's what capitalism end goal is. Marx knew this 160 fucking years ago. 160. A little bit over 160 years ago. The fact that we actually have to deal with the what capitalism is, this, this owning of the means of production by a select few, that what they're trying to do is get more and more power, eat up more and more power, it's leading to this. I mean, like, it's all about making that, chasing that better bread, that that more pie in the sky. And he said something. Let me just go back just a little bit because he said something that's actually pretty. People cool. interpret their problems as personal problems rather than political or social problems. Another thing, just like he said, and I was like, great pause guy, but how many times do you hear from right wingers that no, these people need to make better decisions? 
oh no, it's no, it's it's an issue where it's something that this person needs to do. This person, this way, this person needs to be to change their decision. It's their fault. Instead of looking at the systemic things, like I, I wanted to go over it, and I don't know if I'm gonna have time to do it today, but that when you get people like Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, like Charlie Kirk, Smallface, you get Joe fucking Rogan. You get all of these people, all of these right-wing people that says, no, whatever problems you have is your fault. You should be stronger than the system, even though the system has been oppressing millions upon millions upon hundreds of millions of people. You should be stronger than that because reasons, right? Hmm. It doesn't matter. Pick yourself out of bootstraps and call it a fucking day. Well, people know that it's the fucking system. It's the system. It's the system. But what happens is so many people are bought into the fact that I did this. I made myself a self-made man. And yet and still, you can't point to any billionaire that um, made themselves a self a self made person but let's continue let's continue when you don't understand what's going on when you imbibe the illusion that you're fed the belief that reality is never an impediment to what you desire that you can have everything you want that blinds you it keeps you from seeing what's happening around you then because you are intellectually and emotionally unprepared you scream for moral renewal and a new savior and a demagogue and vengeance and at that point you vomit it up these very frightening figures so so I want to actually stop this right now. I want to stop this right now. And so this is something that's actually very, very troubling, both on the left and the right. Now, you actually can go on my channel and actually see when I say that we should vote for Bernie Sanders. But I also make that video when he lost the primary that it's more than him. He's more than the, he's, the movement is more than him. The fact that you want to actually demonize certain people instead of actually addressing the system i was watching um what was i watching um god damn it i was watching the soap uh the latest dispo uh dystopia uh, dystopian times the one that had lance um vaj demon mama and i forgot the other the other cat that was on there um and You get these, and it was a discussion about how to motivate the left. The right is easy. Um, the way the right actually just thinks and the way they actually focus on things, of course, it's more of a, they're looking for a strongman. They're looking for, um, they fall more easily into authoritarianism because they look for the strongman. But the left, in some ways, are the same way too because what ends up happening is, Let's let's just address it. They see a loss in one election. They see a loss in two elections. And they become disenfranchised instead of trying to fight for their side a little bit better. And it's just sad because instead of actually treating these politicians as if they're your employees, your representative, your senators, a lot of people look to them as their saviors. 
They're not our saviors. They're our employees. And when you become disenfranchised so much, you start screaming for blood because you think that this, uh, you get a demagogue that says, oh, they're your problem. Oh, this group is your problem. And that's not good because what that end, what that ends up doing, what that ends up doing is making scapegoats. Or when you see it on the left, when you see people that are generally on the left, well, voting is, isn't working. So we're just going to sit back and wait for a revolution. But let's continue. The, the lunatic fringe of our political establishment, which is often laughed at by even a majority of the populace in moments like that suddenly seizes power. You can oftentimes in moments of breakdown have a society a clamor for their own enslavement. The cost that we're paying is that the forces arrayed against us are going to kill us. Unfettered, unregulated capitalism is a revolutionary force, as Karl Marx understood. It exploits everything. Uh, everything becomes a commodity. Human beings become commodities. The natural world becomes a commodity that it exploits until exhaustion or collapse. Yeah, and that's the thing. When you see a lot of people, when, when you commodify everything, it become it's just sad. And that's it why the environmental really crisis sad. is intimately twinned with the economic crisis. Oh, God. 40% of the summer Arctic sea ice melts. And uh, that becomes a business opportunity for Shell that's up there dropping half-billion-dollar drill beds down into the Arctic Sea. It's insane. When societies reach the kind of end stage, the language by, they use to describe their own economic and political and social and cultural reality bears no resemblance to that reality, which is where we are. The language of free market laissez-faire capitalism is what they feed business students and the wider public, but it is an ideology that bears absolutely no resemblance to the reality, and that gets back to the fact that of living in a kind of culture uh, warped by pervasive illusion. And so, so did you actually just get that? Like, one of the things that, like, was the reason why I want to actually just do this as a review is because what he's saying is, and going back to a previous point he just said, was that when you deal with the fact that everything is commodified, where everything, like... I'm doing something here, here, here. Let's, let's just bring it up close. I'm doing something that literally is me commodifying myself because I'm so, I'm so looking to kind of, I don't know, make additional funds because We have so much wealth inequality. We have so much where we have so much where people are drowning in debt, myself included, where people are not being able to make ends meet, that we're trying to commodify everything. Me giving you this opinion is a commodity. YouTube is actually using it to bring watch time and and, and, and subscribers. By the way, subscribe, follow Twitch is using it. Bezos is actually using it to get you guys to watch me have a review of a video. That's commodifying. It's a way of making money. I'm not only commodifying something that I do for fun, 
But when even with going back to going over my art, that's commodifying it. That's literally me trying to make money off of something that I just enjoy. Now, I know you're sitting back and thinking like Crimson. Well, you know, that's the way the world is, but it's not the way the world has to be. And the fact is, we're taking we're taking something as creative creative endeavors such as art or storytelling and having to turn that into commodity just to make sure that people are are are, are barely surviving that's a problem the enjoyment of the arts should be something that should not have to be commodified to to the extent that it does the enjoyment of having a roof over your head why is housing a commodity why is healthcare a commodity when we have it where a healthy citizens where healthy citizens are what the government would actually need where educated citizens is what the government actually needs we're employed to a level where they're not struggling citizens are what a government needs to actually prosper and even if you want to do the cynical thing of well you need strong people for the military you're not supporting it you need smart people for the military you're not supporting it you need people that's able to spend money in making sure that they have their basic needs met so we can tax as many people as we can. You're not supporting it. But when somebody says, hey, let's decommodify housing, let's do Medicare for all, you're that's looked at strange because you don't want somebody's government hands on your Medicare. Newsflash for you, buddy. Newsflash. Well, you don't want some government bureaucrat telling you what procedures you can and can't get. Have you ever talked to a private healthcare bureaucrat? But let's continue. Totalitarian societies by their nature are hyper-masculine cultures and seek to banish empathy. They not only ignore the vulnerable and the weak, but they ridicule them and persecute them. They celebrate supposed values of force, strength, violence, and empathy is seen as weakness. So for all of you right-wingers that think, oh no, the left is trying to take over, when you have these hyper-masculine, hyper, not only I'm going to be masculine, we're going to dominate. We're going to bully everybody to be these super, super machismo males. The left isn't looking for that. We just want people tolerance. But I guess to people who want to, when you're used to being, uh, to being dominant, equality feels like oppression. But let's continue. I mean, in a free market society, all of those companies like Goldman Sachs would have gone into bankruptcy. Uh, but we don't live in a so-called free market. We live in a kind of bizarre species of uh, corporate socialism. So in the end process of decayed states, you have forces in essence cannibalizing the state itself, which is where we are. I mean, a poor person of color on the streets of Camden, New Jersey are worth nothing to the state. Put them behind bars, they're worth forty or $50,000 a year to prison contractors and food service companies and phone card companies. And that is something that is very real 
but often not even understood by the by the victims themselves. So, did you guys just catch that? You and you, as somebody who may not have any generational wealth, that may be my complexion or darker, you're nothing to the state unless they can lock you up, unless they can sell you to a private prison company, unless they can sell you to have, while you're sold to that private prison company, you get to be fed and you may, and money is made that way. But let's continue. Totalitarian societies seek to funnel all intellectual and emotional energy into spectacle, into the Super Bowl, into celebrity saga. It's why the Nazi party made sure every single household got a free radio. And now you sit there and watch basketball wise. You see Jay-Z's crib and how many cars he has. And it's the great kind of pacifier. I wrote a book called Empire of Illusion, The End of Literacy and the Triumph of Spectacle, which is about the danger of unplugging yourself from a print-based culture. So, and this is one of those things where it's just like, oh my gosh, you're using, like, his his whole thing about being biased, like, that's an understatement. His, his he, the book he's just talking about, being, um, being, disconnected from a print-based media like we read shit on the internet dog like you can read internet articles like this is the whole oh my god this is the whole like i hate to say but okay boomer you can learn from watching a video documentary i'm not gonna say watching youtube but oh god um, so many people that try to use, I watched this video on YouTube or Facebook. No, it's it's actually where we have a demonization of knowledge, a demonization of expertise. We have that now in this country, which is actually quite sad. But let's continue. So I actively resist the attempts by popular culture which of course is largely done oh yeah no print media was full of bias as well but he's coming from a he's coming from a position where no print media was sacred no it was just a different it's one of those arguments that people say like why would i watch cartoons when you see like when you see people that watch anime people that watch anime that's just cartoons or better yet why would you just play video games you spend hours playing video games you spend hours watching football Sunday, each each week during football season or baseball. But yeah, let's continue. Dominated by for-profit corporations to give me a language by which I speak and an understanding of the world. Underneath the guise of consumerism is unadulterated hedonism. I mean, it's infected everything, including spirituality, which in its real form has nothing to do with us. It has to do with our neighbor. I mean, the whole point of, and again, I speak as a seminarian, of a life of commitment is picking up a cross. It's not a... And see, this is where I kind of like, this is where, like, you see, again, his bias actually kind of get into it. And it's more along the lines of, like, oh, come on now. If you want to actually make the, the, make the, the, the intent that people should just be better to each other, 
cool, but don't put it as just don't put it as actually religion is knows it best. Like, come on now. We 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 we've been down that route and we've actually seen it. It's not always religion that actually knows the best way to actually take care of it. But let, let's continue. Let's continue. Lesson experience. It's it's one that gives one uh, a sense of meaning, a sense of purpose. So you know, I think that again, it, it goes back to values, which are largely an anathema to the consumer society. Those are are values that are rooted in self-sacrifice. It's about giving. It's about self-effacement. It's about understanding that a life of fulfillment comes through service, not through the attainment and acquisition of money, wealth, and things. And I think that that. Okay, God damn it! Like, and this is where it flies off the rail for me. Okay, so okay, so check it out. I get you want people to be pious. He said it himself. He's a seminarian. But if you go look in the Bible, it was the pursuit of chasing wealth. It was the pers- it was pursuits of chasing wealth or power and influence in the Bible. And it's fine that yeah, cool. Um service to your neighbors, service to you know, how you want to, you want to treat each other. So, yeah, I don't see you as stolen the versions of socialism or worse yet, communism. Like, come on, man, come on. Has, he said, he says all the perceived bad things about the current form of capitalism, but he's not talking about getting rid of capitalism. He's just talking about, oh, people just need to start caring about their neighbors. What you're talking about is literally capitalism. The narcissism, the psychopathy, and like, of course, he's not using the definitions of like the real words. He's using common um, vernacular. But it's just this whole pursuit of I need to be number one. I need to have a spirit of competition against everybody else. But let's continue. That wisdom, which sort of crosses all religious traditions, is is real. I mean, creating community, and and Freud wrote about it, Karl Popper wrote about it, brings with it a kind of anxiety and a kind of responsibility. And, you know, Freud would argue even a level of neurosis because there's always that tension between individual desire and community responsibility and I think that that tension is real but one that's necessary and the consumer society plays very well on that it magnifies that anxiety to push people into behavior which is um, not only destructive to the community but finally deeply self-destructive I covered the revolutions in Eastern Europe I saw how lonely acts of defiance to totalitarian regimes which at the moment were considered futile kept alive another narrative ironic points of light Okay, and like I give him, he did his journalistic do, unlike people like Temple. Um, he actually went out there and actually spoke and actually addressed this. But like, it's more than just saying that. Oh, we need to be better, and um, yeah, let's let's turn towards a uh, sense of community. And you know, like it's I haven't watched this video fully through. But it's almost saying like, yeah, that sense of community like under God is like the fuck, dude. Come on now, you are so good. Let let's let him finish this out. Let's go. That's what acts of conscience, acts of rebellion do. It appears often at the moment that 
it's meaningless. But when you stand up to decayed systems of power, systems of evil, and you speak a truth, even people within those systems hear your voice. And that's why the state is pushing through one draconian law after another, whether it's the wholesale spying and eavesdropping, monitoring and photographing of every American citizen, whether it's the use of the Espionage Act to shut down whistleblowers, whether it's the National Defense Authorization Act and Section 1021, for which I sued the president in federal court in one, which permits the U.S. military to seize U.S. citizens and hold them indefinitely without due process in military facilities. They're all doing this for a reason. They, they know what's coming. Okay, and then we get into the conspiratorial. Well, I won't say that. I won't say that. I will say this. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. And um, quite frankly, some of it is people that's trying to complete their power. But um, I don't think a lot of these people are smart enough to have this great master plan. Because they keep doing dumb shit. Now, maybe they're that much of a mastermind that they keep doing dumb shit to throw us off the trail. That, yes, we're going to look stupid up to a point. We're going to get so many stupid people in our group. And it's going to hide this great mastermind. But I, I doubt that. But let's continue. And I've covered uprisings all over the world. You know when the Tinder is there. You never know what's going to trigger it. You never know when it's going to come. You never know how it's going to express itself, but you know it's there, and it's definitely here. And there's we have the Doomer ideology. The corporate ideology. state knows no limits at this point. It has no regulation. It has no government control. It writes its own laws. It writes its own legislation. So that the rise of popular culture and the obliteration of real culture is part of this entire corporate totalitarian assault on beauty and truth. And that's what they have to seek to eradicate, because those forces are ones that remind us about how we should live and about what it means to be human. So I've always wondered this 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 whole argument when you hear people say stuff like that. What are we supposed to do? Get back to nature? Um, are, are we supposed to like destroy our computers, destroy our modern technology to kind of get back to nature? Or should we actually try to revamp the whole way that humans actually live? But let's let them finish. We're almost finished. You know, going into Sarajevo, which I did during the war, where 2,000 children have been shot, 45 of my own colleagues have been killed, uh, four to five dead a day, uh, two dozen wounded a day, constant sniper fire, wasn't pleasant, but it was meaningful. And you know, one, I think, has to begin to make that decision, whether they want a life that means something, or whether they want to leap from one hedonistic high to another. You okay. can't talk about Okay, 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 God damn it. Let's get something straight here. When he was doing that shit, when he was doing that shit, of course he was actually enjoying the hell out of it. It wasn't that it wasn't hard. You don't stick around in something like that if you didn't get a rush and you didn't thrill from it. That dopamine hit was going off for him. And the fact that he's sitting back, oh yeah, I fucking did it. Like He was the motherfucking man for doing it. Of course, it's about self-aggrandizement. He's falling in the trap that he's worried about everybody else falling into. But let, let's continue. Let's continue. About hope if you can't see reality. And reality is pretty bleak. But that's the starting point. All right. So, yeah, that 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 was the end of that. That 
like I'm not gonna say it was like I said, it was a lot of things in there that I agree with, some of that I disagreed with, but it was just like <sighs> I don't know. Like my man was trying to sound all enthusiastic and sounding like a little bit more uh like he was like he was speaking for like like the truth and like all kinds of ways in there. But um yeah, no. Dude, you just as you just as much downhill with the, in the dirt like the rest of us. Although he did make some good points, and I gave him credit for the good points. But uh, Chris Hedge, dog Hedge, whatever. Chris Hedges, wow. Um, <laughs> he, dude, like yeah. But what do we learn from this? Seriously, we did learn a few things. The fact is that um, greed is a fucked up thing. And that um, we need to actually change our society instead of trying to commodify everything. But anyway, as with always, guys, I do want to say thank you for watching this clip. If you want to actually help out the channel, please hit that subscribe button if you're watching later on YouTube. And hit that follow button on Twitch. I'm going to try to get back to a regular streaming schedule. But anyway, guys, thank you for watching. Um, if you want to actually help us support the channel, it is. The links are down in the description. Thank you, and in the seg uh, video segment here.